Well, it's such an honor to have you on here, Tracy. You know, like I was saying, like I love the work that you've been doing to market our beautiful island and really to just put it from a place of like real authenticity of like really what it is to be an islander and to be a St. Martiner and what is it like what are the things that are important to us instead of it just being like oftentimes these very like touristy sort of like views of our country when it's like we are so much more than just like very basic tourist attractions like we're more yeah. than just you know a little tour here a we, little thing there, there. <laughs> exactly yeah. like people that have things to say stories to share like there's a beautiful culture here that I feel like sometimes just sort of gets like erased or just like not told about and that for me as an islander really breaks my heart because to me the thing that makes St. Martin so special is the people like yeah. more than anything like it's and the, the people the people that tell. live there yeah exactly exactly so yeah when I see the content that you make that really sort of highlights that lens like I just feel so touched as like because like for me this is the stuff that I would even want to share to people when I'm like go to St. Martin but here's why like don't go and watch YouTube videos from these random people that don't actually live here that are like oh it just be triggering me and giving me high blood pressure I'm like oh my gosh I don't want to see this but then when I see like content that is like from people that are living there that are showing our festivals that are showing just like the small things that you would otherwise miss you know that your hotel is not going to tell you about to me those those are the things that really make our island special because it's not a cookie cutter experience like this is something you're only going to get on St. Martin and so I'm curious like just you know to even just dive into this conversation of where did this like where did you even notice this gap and like realize that this was something that you wanted to fill and to like really be a voice for that authentic St. Martin experience of what does it actually mean to live on the island and to be a part of the island and like the stories and cultural things that just really you know are just so key to the experience of being a same partner i really think i owe it to my parents because my parents uh we traveled with our parents we've lived in french guyana i lived in montreal uh and then here and my parents were always close to the people like we're not we listen to people's history, we ask questions. So when we were in French Guyana, my parents were in the Amazonie, an Amazonie sur le fleuve. So they were there and I grew up, I did like 18 months there. And I would go to the daycare. Um, I was close to the people, always close to the people, listening their stories, listening to how they live. And even uh, we did a family trip in Thailand we did everything except the touristic stuff. And we were with locals. I mean, for a month, we were with locals asking them how to get there, what to do, uh, what to eat, like um, make us visit if you can, you know, these things. So we were always close to people. And I think I owe it to my parents, you know, because we do not come on an island or in a country as... um. We know it all. We're going to teach you how to live and these things. No, uh, we're there. We watch how people live and we learn from them. And seriously, I'm grateful for that education, really. So, yeah. <laughs> and when I came on the island... I feel that. Yes. When I came on the island, I think I was 11, 12 maybe 13, I don't remember. But uh, it was beautiful to see. We have like more than 120 uh, nationalities uh, um, living together. And it was beautiful seeing all that culture, you know, that melting pot, they call it here. And to me, this is a strength. This is a strength. And I know like uh, Bali is trending and Morocco is trending and all these things are trending. And we can find this sometimes on the island. Like now the trend is, you know, the, the music, techno music, which is fine. But not, let's mm -hmm. not lose who we are really, you know. And to me, that's important. Like everyone can express themselves who they are. 
but give everybody a space because we are 120 nation- more than 120 nationalities living here facts yeah i agree i i love that approach of like learning about a country through the people because i feel like oftentimes yeah. you're right like when you see travel of any kind it's usually very much like all the instagrammable shots you know like you want to go to that beach that you saw on instagram you want to go to that restaurant that you saw on instagram or that other influencers are going to because that must be what it is to actually go there and it's like no not at all like like if you do that you're really getting a very shallow lens of what that country is and what it actually means to be a part of that community and i think like when you go and you actually hang out with the people and you find out the truth of like actually i wouldn't go to that beach you know because blah 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 you would want to actually go to these beaches or oh yeah like yeah that restaurant's very popular with the tourists but if you want the good food you want to go here you but know even the tourists sometimes i'm a bit shocked because me let's say when we were in thailand sometimes we would end up in places i'm like but there are no locals there's something wrong because if i don't see locals i'm like this place is man-made. I shouldn't be there. So I'm not going there. Like Phuket and these things, I didn't. we didn't go there. Because, I mean, what's the point? It's not Thailand. I'm visiting Thailand. I want to see Thailand's culture. It's the same thing here. Sometimes I see tourists there in the same place with only tourists. And I'm like, they don't see there's something wrong. <laughs> because where are the locals? <laughs> they don't see it i feel like for them they think that that is the experience they're like yeah like i'm here where all the other and i'm not blaming them i'm not blaming blaming them you know i'm really trying to understand and sometimes i think they're coming um we are selling a kind of experience that is not linked to our culture so they're coming with this idea in mind you know what saint martin is yeah exactly yeah it's even funny when I tell people here that I'm from the island, they're like, oh, that place where, like, that plains, you can, like, touch the plains. And it's like, that's so interesting to oh, me yeah, that plane. that is, you know, like, like if there's anything that sort of transcends, it's that one, you know, experience of, plane. like, sunset beach. And it's like, okay, that is our island. Yes, you do have the, at least the right island, because oftentimes people are actually thinking about the Virgin Islands, which I'm like, oop not exactly Wrong over island. there you know at least at least when they tell me that i know you're talking about the right island i'm like okay at least we're on the same page about which of these islands but it's like there's so much more i feel like to say martin but it's exactly. so hard to explain exactly. that you know like when you're like the only one i'm like how do i explain to these people that have just no framework of understanding and me, when i tell them it's not the first attraction that comes to my mind because a sand bat it's painful. They think you go behind the jet and woohoo. It's painful. It, it hurts you. I recall. Like, I remember like it was like a field trip and I was like, I don't understand how these tourists are enjoying this. I'm like, this hurts. Like, this literally hurts. Be- hurts. Being pelted by these grains of sand is not fun at all. Like, it really is not. It hurts. Yeah. So much. So I'm like, it's not the, front, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of the island, you know? But it's always the first thing that comes up exactly it's like yeah it's like very much like we have this very clear marketing story and that is the story that we sell over and over yeah you know we're a friendly island there's the dutch and the french it's an f- open border oh, you we don't want to talk on the friendliness because may i have a problem with okay maybe people won't understand but to me being friendly can be like how to say that probably it's nice to have that name where the friendly island we are welcoming and these things but then you can understand like submissiveness or not submissiveness but you accept anything and you have to be friendly because you are the friendly island 
But even though we are the friendly island, you cannot do any any kind of things. On you have you need respect to you know. This is true. Yeah,、and、that entitlement I think is what it comes with. That, people thinking、yes. they can do whatever and talk to you, however, and you have to. The friendly island is beautiful, but it comes with boundaries. That's yeah. That's it. It's it's nice thing. Say saying like that. Yes, we need boundaries. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. It's definitely interesting. I feel like that whole connotation because it it stems from almost like that sort of like colonial of like we are here to serve tourists and the tourists that we exactly. typically serve Servitude. are yeah, American or European, you know. And it's just like,、mm, what are we really about here, you know? <laughs> Like, I feel like we're more、yeah. than just servers to you know the the wealthy Westerners that are trying to get away from their shitty lives in their country.、Mm-hmm. Like we're not. It's like almost like we're here to sort of fulfill their escapism fantasies of like what they hate in their country,、yeah. and then they can sort of escape that in ours and live out their fantasies. And we have to sort of cater to that. And it's like and、um, be friendly, be nice. Like you have to be nice. When it's high season, I'm like I see. I I'm like wow, that much of things we do, like the bench at the bus. Like I know a lot of people explain it to me. Like you know to put the bench for the tourists to come out, and for me it doesn't make sense. I'm not gonna if it <laughs> thanks God I'm not a taxi driver <laughs> because I would never put a bench for you. <laughs> I don't know. This is like this is where like I get confused by our marketing strategy, and I'm curious, like as someone that has been more involved in like really trying to tell that more authentic side, sort of how do you sort of view like the way that we market the island? Because obviously, they have a specific customer in mind. You know, we know this. They know who they're trying to get,、yeah. and. Now I feel like it has shifted a bit. Where I do hear them saying like, "Oh, they're trying to target African Americans too," but it's still like typically from like Atlanta is like the key area that they're trying to target them from, and the rest are essentially、yeah. white people, like white Europeans or white Americans. Sometimes it's like、mm. high wealth Asians as well, but typically like there's a very clear target market that they're going after. Which to me, like, I don't really understand. Like, I get they want to get money, but I don't know. Like, there these people don't often spend money. Like, especially people that come on the cruise, they're not、but、there. But after I understand, we're a really small island. We're a really small island, and we live of only tourism. So, I kind of understand that thing of the fear of you know having nothing. We've been through Irma and COVID, and it was really difficult for people. So I get it. You don't want to go into that place anymore. You don't want to go there anymore at all. But maybe if we just take time to do things, not like differently, and some islands are doing. Things differently, you know. I was watching at Greenida's now Instagram page, just like that, and I'm like, wow! If you look at their Instagram page, their culture is forward, you know. It's the the other way around. They are putting, they're highlighting the people, highlighting the culture, and I was like, I want to go there. So now Grenada is on my list because I'm like, wow, that island is beautiful. I just want to visit. You know, the same goes for Dominica. The way they high highlighted their festival with the people, the culture. You have a day. You have to wear a、uh, madras, the yeah, the 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 traditional、um, clothing. And I was like, oh, this is so beautiful. I want to visit there too. You know these things. That works for me, but yeah, really depends on your target. And I guess the target maybe they're not so much on the history, the culture, and these things. But it's so like yeah, like you were saying, like for me, like as a potential consumer, you know, like we even though we're islanders, we travel too. The thing that like you were saying, like for me, it's the culture that is gonna bring me to a place. Like it's the nature of that place. It's、oh, like showing、yeah. like they care about their ecosystem. They're creating experiences that are not cookie cutter. Like 
when I went to Hawaii, I didn't want to go where the tourists were. Like, I was at Waikiki for, like, a day, and I was, like, already, I'm over this. Like, I can already see. Like, it was literally, like, Front Street 2.0. You know what I mean? Where you just have a bunch of luxury stores. You have this boardwalk-esque sort of environment. And you have this man-made beach, which is our great babe, you know, Phillipsburg. All man-made. And Mm. it's not... I'm like okay like okay I get it you know what I mean like this is just a show for the people that want that Mm. show and immediately we went to the North Shore which was more really like natural slow pace much more island centric culture focused and I was like yes this is more of what speaks to me like we could go on a hike where there was literally nobody else Tracy like it was just me my boyfriend and one other couple on this trail and we found it because like the other hike people there was like a mat it was like the touristy height like the touristy waterfall and there was like lines upon lines of people who obviously clearly not hiking to go nowhere to see this little waterfall but you have to pay all this money to go see and we were like why would we do that when we could hike a trail though it takes more work because we have to hike there but it's completely our own it's completely free and you're getting an experience that nobody can take from you you know (laughs) And, like, that was way more rewarding than paying to go see that other waterfall would have ever been. And for me, like, when I look at how St. Martin markets itself, it's very much that. Like, we're trying to give these, like, very clear experiences that you can pay for. Like, you can go here, pay for this, get this. Instead of it being, like, actually explore the island. Like, don't have any itinerary. Just go around, see where you end up. Like, if you're hungry... Don't look at the list of top 10 restaurants. Just go to the one that's right there and see what they have. Like, all the food is going to be good. Like, it's a tourism island. But it's like people have this very clear list from their research, which is all marketing efforts from bloggers, to just give this very standard experience of like, when you go to St. Martin, this is exactly what you do. And everybody follows that exact same list. And it's like nobody is like taking the, 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 what do you say, like, going off the beaten path and just exploring like which i feel like is like the whole point like you're on an island explore (laughs) our generation is changing though because we're not doing tourism like like the the older generation Mm. we want more we're seeking more authentic experience we're seeking um adventures so yeah i see that i our generation we're changing Hmm. I guess how did you go about like even figuring out the types of stories about St. Martin that you wanted to highlight that like you really resonated with you that you felt like other people would love to see? Me, um, to be honest, I go let's say uh the other day I went to Phillipsburg. I go to Phillipsburg on Backstreet to places people don't even go. And I just roam in the street, and then I found this guy. He was fixing chairs, and I'm like, oh, wow. And that's it. I'm starting to, to talk. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, really? And then, like, it's beautiful. Can I take a picture? And that's how it starts. <laughs> because yeah. I just discover, I walk, and then I talk to people. I ask, oh, you know, I I love this. And how did you get there? And this and that. I ask a lot of questions. My mm. parents always told me I ask a lot of questions. So it serves me in life for that. <laughs> I love this it. this is how it goes. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like it's good to ask questions. Like, how else are you going to know? You got to be curious. You know, you got to you gotta figure <laughs> things out. I feel like people are too afraid to ask questions. I don't get it. I'm like, guys, like, how are you going to learn if you don't ask? How? how? And I'm always trying to understand. Like, last time I saw on in the newspaper, there were 31 suicide attempts. And I'm like, whoa. On a just friend side just friend side can you imagine and it re- i was really thinking you know it got me thinking and i'm like wow so people come on the island thinking it's paradise but others are really suffering mentally you know and i was really thinking about that i'm like how you get to that point you know 
31 suicide attempts. To me, that's a lot. Just for friend side. Just for friend side. For a little rock like ours, that is that should be very alarming. Yeah. And that, to me, I think that are the people who dare to talk. You know, maybe they seek help and so they could count them in. But the people who didn't talk and didn't seek professional help, we don't know these ones. They're struggling alone. We don't know them, but I'm sure there are more. This number, the, the number is already high, but I think it's higher. That is true. Because and for I a lot like, of people, they're just wow. too afraid to even ask for help. And they often suffer in silence. Yeah. That is so crazy. And we are in this culture of you gotta be strong. You live on the island, it's beautiful. You have the beach and all of that. What are you complaining for? Exactly. You have nothing to complain about. Like you have to be to resilient. Is, oh. You have to be strong. Say oh, that, that resilient thing. <laughs> One day I did an interview and the person asked me about uh, you are very resilient after Irma. I'm like, we are in 2022. Don't market our resilience anymore. No, no, no. We want peace. We want to rest. We don't want to be resilient anymore. The resilience I is toxic it. at this point. I, I mean, Irma was in 2017. Leave us alone with that resilience. Oh, no. Me, it. people are like resilient. I'm like, no. At this point, I don't want to be resilient. Like, leave me alone with that resilience. I feel it. Like, I honestly think it's like a thing, especially oh, no. within black culture, that we have to be strong and we have to be tough and we need to just oh, no, stick no. it through. Oh. And I'm like, that's so much work, bro. Like, I'm just trying to rest, oh, you no. know? Like, can I just soak up the sun? Like, can you just not bother me? Like, I'm just here to be peaceful and tranquil. Like, why Like, why do we have to be strong? Like, especially as women, it's like, why do we need to always have to be strong and tough and push and push and push? Like, mm can i breathe you know can that be okay just can i just take up space and not have to do anything for a second like give me a moment please but i agree i think it's very much like when you live in paradise people assume like everything is good like you have to be happy when you're living in paradise as though the place is like all that you need to be joyful every day of your life and it's like no like it doesn't matter where you are like you can still suffer they think like in the morning you wake up you open your window you have that kind of still band music then you pick you grab a coconut you go to the beach then you come back that's the island life i feel i'm like oh. <laughs> <laughs> It is so funny. I like, feel that. Where people think we just live in trees <laughs> and we're on hammocks all day. And then at night we have a bonfire party and the fishermen bring us a catch and we eat and we go to sleep. No internet, no I connection do. to the outer world. <laughs> on weekends, I'm trying to have that life, you know, discover the snorkeling and these things. But on weekdays with the traffic and all of that i'm like no that is not my life <laughs> i'm stuck in traffic sometimes i'm pissed <laughs> so yeah the traffic be killing me for an <laughs> island so small oh i'm God. like how is this how i'm like okay yeah like it's like almost like we've sort of like defined our success to be very much like what these capitalist countries have so everyone's like i need to have a new car i need to have this i need to have that and i feel like as islanders like that's not our way of life and you can see it because the island cannot handle so many cars like where are you going where the island yeah. is always so big where are you going i feel yeah right now the traffic it's insane yeah. And it's a big buzzkill because you can't even have any experience if you're stuck in traffic. And I can tell you, these tourists did not leave the traffic-prone country to go to an island with more traffic, you know? <laughs> you would think we'd have, like, a quota or something. And it's like, I just see more car dealerships with more cars. And I'm like, where, where do you expect these cars to go? On what? Where? yeah I, I don't know that that is um another topic 
actually. <laughs> With the mental health, like, I guess, like, do you think there are resources for people to be able to have more discussion around that? Because obviously, like, having 31 people attempt suicide is, like, concerning. But I'm curious, like, have you seen, like, the collectivité say anything about that in which, like, there are more social services for that? For front side, I know there is a structure called CMP. But whenever I mention that, they tell me they're busy. Like, you really need a serious, um, you, it has to be really serious so they can take you, like, now, now, because they're busy. It's, they go by priorities. So I know that. And then the hospital looks like it's busy too. And I see more and more people in the streets. So I'm like, there's something going on, you know? I saw that they're building a women's shelter on the front side. They're working on that. So it's great for women um, because there's something called France Victim on front side. Mm. It's for all the women, all all people that are victims, but women who are are, um, victim of domestic abuse, they will have something for them, you know, a house. Mm. So to me, that's great. But then there's something we need to talk about. It's mental health. People have to be open with their feelings, number one. Like, when you're not doing fine, say you're not doing fine. And I know it's really hard, first of all, on, a, on an island to say you're not doing fine because you're supposed to be resilient and strong and a strong mother and strong and strong. But no. And then if your friends cannot understand that and they try to push you to be fine, I'm like, I'm not saying to leave them, but just tell them, I'm just telling you I'm not fine because you asked and I'm being honest. So if you cannot hear that I'm not fine, don't ask them. You know? I feel that. No, but it's true. Because sometimes people are like, how are you? But they're not ready for the real answer. It can be fine one day, but one day it cannot be fine. Yeah, so this and therapy. I feel like I'm, I'm very happy with the younger generation because they really, some are really taking mental health seriously. Uh, I don't know if it's you who interviewed uh, Big Dano. It's you, no? Mm-hmm. I saw he did an interview and he talked about he wanted to to therapy you know and i was Mm. like that's amazing this guy by the way is great the 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 things he's saying and and i'm like wow and it's so important to have male figures like that like he's from the island he's a male he respects women he encourages other to respect women and he talks about mental health i'm like yay that's amazing, you know? It can encourage his people to do the work. Now for a message from our sponsors. Thank you for supporting this podcast. If you are enjoying this episode, share it with a friend and leave us a review. It 100% helps us grow this podcast and get our message out there to help and inspire others. Have thoughts or opinions you want to share? Join the conversation on Anchor or on Spotify. I love to hear from you all and I can't thank you enough for your support. With that, let's get back to the good stuff. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't make you less of a man to support women and to like take care of your mental health. Like if oh, anything, yeah. I feel like that just makes you stronger as an individual. And I I do think, yeah. you know, it is hard for Caribbean men, black men especially, to like say that they're not doing okay cuz like there's like even more pressure to have to be tough and to keep it together and to not be emotional mm-hmm. and it's like why are you putting this burden on yourself, boo? Like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be upset, to be frustrated. Mm. Like, 
instead of beating a woman because of your problems, you should talk to somebody to get out whatever anger and frustration that you're dealing with inside of you. So you don't have to go out and make your life worse by inflicting trauma on others because you don't know how to deal with your own pain. Because that's often Mm -hmm. what it is, is like, when people have so much within them and they don't know how to deal with it, they lash out on others and it ends up just perpetuating the trauma instead of like doing the uncomfortable work of healing, which is very uncomfortable because it's like you have to face the oh, very yeah. thing it's that hard. you've been avoiding. It's ugly. <laughs> ugly. Yes. But it's so ugly. like when you're able to work through that, the relief and the lightness that you gain is like, ah. <sighs> and you can finally be at peace and then you don't have to like worry as much and you don't have to carry that weight with you everywhere because like that is an an old that's his own job right there you know to like have to constantly put on this facade of like i'm okay and everything is fine but in reality like you're not okay you know and it is okay to not be okay like i i love that you said that yeah for for men, I feel like it's harder for them because the pressure is is there. The pressure is there mm-hmm. for them to be tough, strong, and this. And me, seriously, I'm happy. I'm raising a son because I'm like I'm on a mission with this little boy. Like yes, he can express his feeling. And sometimes I hear people tell him, "Oh, you don't cry, you're a boy," and I'm like cry cry (laughs) if you feel like crying cry you know and tell them yeah because i'm a boy i shouldn't cry i'm like oh my god they're teaching them this thing very young i feel it yeah it's like that narrative that just continues to perpetuate and it is he's very lucky to have a mom that can intercept that and be like you know what baby i heard (laughs) what they told you and mama's here to tell you it is okay to cry even though you're a boy like it is okay shed them tears boo boo Mm. because if you keep it inside that's the energy blockage that's just gonna manifest as disease for later in life let that shit go let it go let it go like we're meant to cry Yeah, my best friend, she has a boy too. And the other day, we have the same type of education. We're doing the same type of thing. So we're always talking. And the other day, she she told me, you know, my little boy, he was fixing something. And he told her, you cannot fix it because you're a girl. I can do it because she was like, oh, my God. Why he got that? Where is this happening? Who is telling him this? Yeah. So she told him, um, you know, I can do it too. I can do it too. I can even show you mommy can fix things. You know, it's the, there's nothing like boys and girls do this. And, you know, <laughs> it was like, oh, then she showed him, you know, I think sometimes you need to show them so they can understand the lessons. <laughs> but I think at school, you know, they got that at school. <laughs> they friends. It was crazy. It's yeah. a little friend circles. You just take one to say the nonsense, and then they're like, "My friend said it, so it must be true." And it's like, "Oh no, 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 my love, no." I mean, I feel like it's great that you have support, like when it comes to raising a boy, because I mean, in this world, especially on an island, there's yeah. so much that goes on that you can't even, you're not there for. That when you have at least a community mm. that's like you can raise them together it shows them that there's more examples of that like you were saying like showing them that look this may be what people say but in reality that is not the case yeah and also make them think you know i know he's only three but i'm like you can think (laughs) i just don't repeat look around you i'm doing stuff that boys are supposed to do and he's doing stuff that women are supposed to he loves baking i'm like look at you you love baking which is not a girl thing you love baking boys bake too you know that is a but fact. very early these things about colors he has a pink scooter and people were like oh it's because you're a feminist you bought him a pink scooter and i'm like no because there weren't any other store, and I don't care. I just don't care. 
and you love the scooter it doesn't even see it's pink exactly <laughs> like it's weird that people like take things that have nothing to do with gender oh. and then make it something about gender like color for example i'm like it's a color like i know we have color theory exactly. i know there's a psychological side of color but it's a freaking color like humans were the one that came into the world and was like that color is for boys and that color is for girls and it's like first of oh. all especially color when say that stores <laughs> When you go to a store, the the other day I went to a store and they're like, uh, he's a boy or a girl? I'm like, I don't care. Just show me the thing. I mean, I don't go with colors. I mean, if I see it's good, I take it. There's no girl thing, boy thing by me. But you see, that's so, where those narratives and seeds are planted so deep that no matter where you go, it's like it shows up again of like, oh, he's a boy. So yeah. he has to fall into this category. Oh, if she's a girl. OK, over here is for you. And it's like, bro, can we just like exist? Like, can it not matter? Like, these yeah, are things that simple. serve functions for us. Like mm. we, we, we create so much more than what needs to be. And it's all like social, like social narratives that somehow showed up here. And then people are like, I like that. I'm going to repeat that. And it's like, but where did that come from? Like, Why are you repeating that? And I think it's so good that you're like at least training him to think critically. Because when you go out in the world, that's literally what it is. Like you'll hear something, you see it on Instagram, and then that becomes fact. And it's like, but is it though? Is it really mm. though? Just because everybody's sharing it doesn't mean that that is the truth. Does not mean that that is correct. Yeah. But if you don't think for yourself, you're just gonna go along with the trend and then look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have to teach them young. To me, that's because I won't always be with him, you know, he will have friends. And sometimes he will be influenced to do influence, yeah, to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I won't always be there with him. So I'm trying to give him the knowledge so he can make it his own choices eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. So you mentioned that like like people say you're a feminist. What does that mean to you? Because I feel like a lot of the time people throw this term around and some people look at it as like, feminists or men haters you know what i mean yeah yeah this i did research actually so i can explain people uh i do not hate men because there's a term for that um in like french there's there's a noun for that but me i really believe in i don't even believe in um being equal i believe in equity like just love it Know that I exist. Do not think you're superior than me because you're a male. That 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 is really important for me. And when I'm saying I'm raising a feminist, is that my three year old? It's not because he's a boy he cannot wash dishes and do the laundry and these things. So I teach him teach him that very young. He does this and um he's not superior to anybody because he's a male. And sometimes I know like, um, because by his dad is something else, but one day he came back and he took off his shoes and he told me, I'll pick it up. Oh my God. That day I was like, oh, not by me. It doesn't work like that by me. (laughs) (laughs) He said, pick it up. Oh Lord. Pick it up. And I said, no, it's not like that. By me, it's not like that. Because his dad, it's not, by his dad, I'm not saying it's bad, but because, to me, because he's a boy, he's a little prince, and they do everything for him. Mm. And me, it's not like that. Mm. I I told him plain out, by me, it's not like that. So you're going to take your things, and yeah, it's my house rules. That's good, though, because otherwise, like, he will think that that is the way that it is and that a woman should just serve his needs. And when he comes home, she should have food ready for him and she should take care of his clothes. And it's like, excuse me, boo, but she got her own stuff to do. Like, she not here being a slave to you. Like, what? (laughs) 
Oh, but so, I'm telling you, there's lots of these I'm men out here with that very ideology. Like, I know some women f- um, find joy in staying home. and mm. stay- I'm not criticizing. If you love stay- staying home and you do it because it's your choice, I have no problem with that. Yes. But if you do it because that's what you're supposed to do as a woman, there is my problem. See. I respect all kind of thinking and this. But I believe in men and women equity. Yeah, I think equity is the important term because a lot of the time people would yeah. want to say they're equal and it's like they're not. They're different in many different no. ways. And to we say can. that they're equal yeah. is just like not to acknowledge the strengths that either gender has. Like women give birth. Yeah. Like men are not equal to women in that area at all. But we can have equity in that experience because a woman needs a man's support to get through that. You know, it's like nice to have the support there as you're going through this journey but it takes two to tango you know like and I think that's the acknowledging the role that each gender plays is important because everybody has a role to fulfill but if we're thinking about like everybody's on the same playing field that's not true and then you wonder why some people are in positions where they're not thriving (laughs) it's because they're trying to be equal to somebody that they're not they're not taking into account their own unique talent and skills and interests and like you said, it's about equity. It's not necessarily about equality. It's equity. just the only thing I would say we need to be equal. It's for the pay, the salary. This has to Facts. be because equal. Equal a lot pay of times, equal, work. equal pay. Yeah, this um very like there's no equity for that. It's equal pay. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. I've seen that on the island. We don't talk about it, but I see a lot of um in position. First of all, there are women in position, but sometimes you have these males trying to tell them what to do. They have a hard time seeing them on top. I've seen that. And it's everywhere. There's that kind of rivalry also with women. When one is in position, there will be that rivalry. You know, it's, it's something... To, yeah, it's it's really awkward because I think there are not so many positions for women. So there will be a rivalry. You know what I mean? Hmm. So it's it's a whole thing. I <laughs> I feel it. It's it's weird to me, especially because yeah. St. Martin has had a lot of like our first prime minister was a woman on the debt side, you know, yeah. and you would think that like I mean our prime minister now is a woman too. So even right now, but you would think that that would mean more equity for women throughout the society, but we don't see that, you know, like even period poverty is a discussion that I see teen times is fighting for, Mm. for young girls to be able to have, you know, just like feminine hygiene products available and accessible without that being a financial burden on women. Because it's not like we decided one day, I want a period for the rest of my life. Like it's just nature's way, you know, because we are, we are carriers of life. Um, But it's yeah, weird to me that in a society that has women in power, we don't see that, you know, actually reflected in the growth of our community. Like, it, to me, it's very sus, to be honest. I'm like, what are y'all doing? I'm like, you would think you'd look out for women, but here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I feel like we need that whole discussion because, you know, women, we spend more since we have to buy more things for, you just said it, for the hygiene products. Like, we spend more. So we are more, how to say that, at risk of being poor. That That's the truth, especially with inflation and all these things. So maybe someone needs to study that, I guess. And a lot of single moms, too, on the island. Well, we can talk about the women for It's a big subject. It is. It's a big subject. But yeah, like, how is it being a single mom and trying to be a content creator? And, you know, like, I feel like that's a lot of different roles to juggle. And with the whole mantra of, like, taking it easy, you know what I mean? And not necessarily having to be strong all the time. How do you manage all of that? Like, do you rely a lot on community to help make that easier for yourself? Uh, 
I must say, Leo's dad and I, we make a great co-parenting team with my family also. So that's great, you know. I know I can rely on them. And it's not always easy because sometimes I'm like, what, what are you trying to do? Seriously, what are you doing? Just look for a job and call it a day, like for real. But I tried that. I'm, I'm I tried it this summer. But then there's something tell, telling me, Tracy, you need to create because you really love that. It's something that you love. So you cannot just forget it. And yeah, it's it's a lot of talking to myself and questioning and asking myself if I did the right thing, you know. But I'm very happy. I have a great support system uh, with Leo's dad, my, my son, Leo, he's his name, uh, my son, my family. They support me in what I do. And I have great friends too. So it helps. That's awesome. Yeah, I think support is everything, especially like when you're trying to navigate what speaks to you. Because in life, it's like all trial and error. And I'm glad that you didn't feel like the pressure to have to stick to a conventional job when like your spirit was telling you, Tracy, baby girl, I, I know there's something else out there for you and you have to trust that, you know? And I mean, the work that you've been doing speaks for itself. And I'm glad that like you follow that inner intuition that's telling you to go down this path because I just I already know like it's going to lead to so many opportunities for you just even oh, in like the stories you. that I've seen you tell thus far like they're incredibly powerful and the fact that like even me being as far as I am I can see that I know it'll like you know percolate oh. <laughs> percolate through the algorithm or whatever the hell Instagram be doing but <laughs> I feel like yeah like as an islander like i feel seen in the stories that you make and so for me like that is the thing that's like and so important just a quick you know fun story yeah yeah just a quick fun story every time i say i'm stopping i'll stop being creative in my family nobody have thyroid issues nobody have thyroid issues I started getting thyroid issues in 2020 uh, in 2017 after Irma when I said I'll stop being creative. I don't want to be creative anymore and I got an autoimmune disease linked to my thyroid. And same thing happened here in um this this at the new year I I went and it came back, you know. So in 2017 I had a disease. I was doing better for three years, and the day I said I don't want to be creative anymore, it came back for the new year. And I'm like every time I trying to suppress that creativity, my body talks to me. <laughs> It's true because I went on Google and I'm like, but well, what my body is trying to tell me? Because it's impossible I get that disease. Every time I said, you know what? I don't want to do that creative things anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> and it comes. And it's like, no, no. That is no. so crazy. You have to be that is you. That is, I'm it's telling crazy. you. Like, I swear. The body, the body be telling us things if we would choose to listen. Like, yeah. it's funny because my life coach was literally telling me, that like the way that I manifest is through speaking, you know, like through like through that throat chakra. And I feel like it's probably very similar. Like for mm. you, when you're creating, you're speaking your truth and that manifests in the world. Yeah. And when you're not doing that, you're like blocking that chakra from doing what it's meant to do, which is for you to speak your truth. And so your body's like, babe, mm. what? Like I'm going to have to punish you because you're really like avoiding your path. And it's like, <laughs> The universe is pretty much telling you, Tracy, you have to do this. Like, I'm I'm going to make it difficult for you if you don't do it otherwise. And it's, like, so weird, but, like, so just, like, hilarious exactly. at the same time that the body will, like, push you in this direction that's good for you on so many different levels. And it's, like, when you're not living your truth and following your purpose – you feel it physically in your body that you're not doing what you're supposed and to. And I even Googled it. I'm like, what is that disease? What is what that disease is trying to tell me? You know, because you have these these things called psychosomatic in French. I don't know how to say it in English, but all diseases have something they're trying to tell you. 
So I Facts. googled it. I'm like, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to tell me? And it's like um, blocking my creativity and not using my voice. I'm like, for real? For real? <laughs> Answer right in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, okay. So I'll listen to you, I guess. <laughs> I That's no funny. Choice. That is so funny. So I guess like now as a content creator, do you usually just go with sort of like the local festivals? Because I remember I saw that there was like that food festival on the friend side recently. That was just so awesome. Honestly, every time I see this stuff, I'd be so sad that I'm not oh, there yeah. because it I'm like, oh my well gosh. put together. Yes. Like, is that usually how you go about your process is like just going along with like the different events or cultural things that are happening and then like just talking to people and finding the story? It really, yeah, that food festival I didn't cover, but it depends also on, um, because sometimes the festival approached me, but the offer doesn't match what I'm worth. Mm. So I would decline the invite. Uh, politely it's not that um i think i'm i'm all of this or whatever but you know it's work at the end of the day it takes time so i i cannot do everything also and sometimes is um clients coming to me or me having an an idea and going to clients it really depends mm-hmm. yeah and like are there other content creators that you work with a lot locally or is it usually like you're doing your like your own thing typically like most of the time i'm doing my own thing most of the time but we sometimes we're together and i really like what they're doing like the traveling island girl uh taina she's from the front side xxm thing charlotte amelie i see them we see each other we know what each other are doing we have respect for each other, which is amazing because often um, some clients feel like we're competing. We're not competing. We're in this together. And to me, the more content creators there will be, it will be better because we there will be um, more respect for our work and less bargain. Mm. So I'm like, come along and join the fun (laughs) yeah yeah and I guess like are there specific like tools that you use when you're thinking about content creation or specific medium of choice or is it usually like mixed media like videos and telling the story through like a visual medium as opposed to like written or like photography and things like that I write a lot um I think when you look at my videos, you maybe think, "Oh, I just speak like that," but I write what I'm, what I think. I write a lot. Um, yeah, I write my ideas. It's a lot of writing, and recently I discovered because for before I used to work at the local TV, then I went on my own as a content creator, and. I was all over the place, going to all these the events, going to, like, you invite me, I'm there. But I realized I need quiet time for me to think, to reduce the noise. So it's really important in my creative process that I reduce that noise, that noise, and I write a lot. I listen to music. Uh, I need stimulation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like, how do you sort of go about like, yeah, like getting inspired for the pieces that you create? Or is it really just like an organic thing of when you're exploring the island for yourself, the opportunity sort of manifests and you're like, oh, like I see a story here or like, this is actually really beautiful and I want to share this with others. It really depends. So sometimes I go uh, with the calendar, you know, we have events and so I know I have that. Also meeting people. Like the other day I did a hike and I met this incredible guy. I'm like, oh, I would love to tell his story, but I have to do the hike again, which is another story <laughs> because I have to take my camera and my mics and all of that. 
but it's it's really like that you know i explore and i notice i need a lot of stimulation which means i need to listen to music um i love art so and sometimes there are not so much exhibition on the island i miss that but whenever there is something an event i'm going last time there was greg lecoeur that guy is amazing he's a videographer slash photographer um but he's photo he's taking pictures of the sea world you can feel the emotion through the picture it's amazing and going to that event fed like you know fulfilled me i was like oh i love that so yeah it goes for it it, it is good for my creativity going to to things like that yeah meeting our creatives yeah that's awesome i feel like the island has so much talent that when you share stories yeah. you're really just sharing the incredible stories and voices of the caribbean people and i agree that it is a bit of a bummer that we don't have more spaces for creative expression and like to really display the work of creative people locally because there's so many incredible things that people do that people just aren't privy to hearing because they just don't know and there should be a lot more spaces or platforms to allow like artists and creatives to just like show because that is culture like that is culture artists like people see them uh, it's it's a passion but sometimes maybe you need to pay them also because if they're taking all that time to do an exhibition, so to maybe this is the gap, you know? People are willing to do things. We have great artists on the island, but then they cannot leave off this alone. I mean, that's that's the, the honest truth. Hmm. Yeah. And that is definitely one of the like obstacles in this whole industry. Hmm. And that's one of the things where I feel like St. Martin needs to sort of diversify its economy a bit more outside of solely tourism so that we can create income where we can then support a lot more of these you know avenues of interest for folks because if we only have one hand that's feeding us and then that hand is struggling then we all starving you know no matter what what it is that you do but if we can figure out how to get multiple hands, you know, some that are more reliable, that aren't as dependent on the global economy and like, you know, what is happening in these bigger nations, then you constantly have a pipeline of, you know, income that's coming to the island that is allow you know, allows the community to sustain itself because it's like, like with Irma and COVID, like it really just showed like how, tourism as much as it's like a cute you know way of like funding the economy locally it it is not sustainable and as a result like every other Mm. pillar of our community suffers when that pillar suffers and that's not good for the growth of culture and the growth of a community and a nation you know you need to have other ways to feed yourself and yeah, I think there's just like a lot of reflection that needs to happen there around what is important to us as an island and like how do we become yeah. more sustainable in like just the way that we take care of our community, whether it be more like agrotourism or like people becoming more cultivators or like we just create more of a digital economy where like people like yourself that are creating content locally can create content for other islands or like be consultants to creators in other parts of the world Mm. you know like give our knowledge and skills to others without having to necessarily leave the island or like set up a whole infrastructure or business front which all comes at a cost and if you're not making reliable income it's like why even make that investment you know yeah it's it's crazy well it's not crazy it's it's a question we need to answer but it takes time and i mean energy also but eventually we will have no choice and we will have to because even for the environment at some point we will have to ask ourselves the right questions you know that is a fact. The island can only take so much. She's only so big. 
you know the the path to go to the natural pool i feel yeah. like so many because so many people pass there it's uh come on up uh sorry <laughs> uh what is it called like you know the rocks are going down you know like erosion and in France, they had that voila yes this and in marseille they had that and i saw the they applied a capacity which means per day certain amount of people can go to that place because yeah they can't anymore because of the erosion yeah wow. and i'm like that's a great idea and i talked that to a girl a in martinique idea. yeah and she explained me the whole thing about it because uh she studied that and she's like yeah tourism is good but masterism uh with the problem with masterism at certain point you exceed the capacity of the territory so you need to put a certain like um certain capacity for a day a month you know like this so you can protect the environment number one for the air you know because the planet doesn't go as quick as we think it is, it's going you know exactly And that comes back to when you were saying, like, we're the friendly island, but we need to have boundaries. Like, I think this very yeah, much comes back to that. to that of, like, when it yeah. comes to our natural spaces, we need to have very clear boundaries. Because if the island's ecosystem fails, it's taking us out with it. You mm. know what I mean? Like, we are a part of nature yeah. and you can only push it so far before it too starts to show signs of its own mental health problems, you know, where it's like the, the land itself can only take so much, you know, constant, just like, uh, of human intervention before it's yeah. like, okay, I'm just going But to so far completely on the collapse. Beach, yeah. I don't see the beach up pack. I don't know. It's not so packed, right? But know, it's but like with like the development that, on the you know, beaches. That to with me the is a red flag. Imagine the amount of sunscreen we put, and then we go mm. to the beach. We put and we go. That. Yeah. Another issue. But there's right one there. guy I really, yeah, I really like following Tadzio. Tadzio from the island. The Nature Foundation. He's, he's, yeah, he's talking so much sense. All these things, we will have to talk about it somehow. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you even mentioning that because I think that's such a good point. And I feel like at least the friend side is much better at, like, at least having reserves for aspects of, like, the yeah. friend side's natural ecosystem. Like, the death side doesn't even really have, like, any, I don't think, I don't remember hearing. Oh, nature foundation, knowing. it's not a reserve? Um, I... I thought the foundation, like, protected, yeah, maybe, like, aspects of the ocean. I'm not aware of, like, land reserves, though. Like, mm. like at least I know on the front side you have, like, huge aspects of, like, the mount, like the hillsides yeah. that are, like, reserved land. I don't know if we have that necessarily on the dead side. I know there are, like, like protected trees and stuff like that, like, they have petitioned for that are, like, very historical But in terms of, like, actual plots of the ecosystem on land, I'm not... Yeah, I wouldn't really know. But we have two organizations, uh, Réserve Naturelle and Conservatoire du Littoral. They uh, protect the, the littoral, you know, the shore, all of this. And mm. there is the Amuseum Naturalis on French side. But it's two people it's i forgot his name but he's very good is i don't i'm not sure he's an organization but he's doing such a good job at um taking first of all he's taking pictures of all the species on the island that's amazing his book is so beautiful and then he's really educating people on what to plant so um these birds can come and what to do you know and i like that's it that's beautiful we need that. yes yeah. yeah we need more of that because otherwise like especially if we are going to be more cultivators we should know like what are the types of plants that are indigenous to the land like what are the types of plants that help restore the exactly. ecosystem 
Um, mm. So we're not just planting, but not really planting in alignment with what the land needs and what's important to the land. Because otherwise we just start to plant what we want to eat. And that's yeah. not good, you know? <laughs> and after Irma, um, he was really encouraging people to plant certain type of trees, you know, for the birds to come back, for these to come back. And I felt, I was like, oh, that's so smart because I didn't think of this, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's why we need community to come together and have these types of conversations because yeah. then otherwise people just don't know. Like, they really and truly don't know any better. Yeah, I didn't know. And so they just go about what they, what they do know, which isn't always yeah. the best, you know? But I'm curious, like, as we wrap up the podcast, like, as a content creator, you know, who's sharing these stories about our island, like, where do you kind of see this going to, like, improve just, like, defining, like, our culture? Because I feel like that's really, like, the work that you do is, like, as a cultural advocate, even though it's it's clips and videos and stories, ultimately, what it is is reflecting the culture, so... You know, even though we are a melting pot, I'm curious, like, is there, like, any vision that you see for how the island should be, especially in, like, how it expresses itself and just being, like, a community that is inclusive and truly diverse? Yeah, me, my, like, what I see is that the island highlights the people more. I would love saying that like highlighting their stories um jonathan he did a great movie about you know really understanding the island and um what is going to happen if we're not asking ourselves the right questions and i really liked it and to me this is it like when you visit a place, an island or a country or whatever, ask yourself, who are the people who live there? How they're living there? How is it for them? You know, ask yourself this, these questions. To me, it's important. And yeah, I hope the people will be highlighted a little bit more. You know, their stories, what they do, how they make the island shine because it's through them also. And yeah. That is beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Like I really, really appreciate thank you, you taking so the time. Thank you so much, Nicole. <laughs> of course. Thank you for inviting me. And I really love what you're doing, by the way. Wow. Oh, thank you.